0: Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to, ah, oh, review it yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. Anybody who listened to the the, uh, Da Vinci Code podcast knows that I was kind of not happy with the way one of the characters, just because he was English, was portrayed. He was just drinking tea. He had tea in his name. Didn't like the French. It was just like a little bit on the nose. Well, I'm really letting the side down, living up to the stereotypes. Just a tea and crumpets for breakfast. Damn it. Welcome to oh, review it yourself. So, today's uh pod, I've, I've seen people calling them the pods, reminds me of some kind of alien, but yeah. Uh, this, this podcast episode will be um the second episode of Julian Fellow's Titanic. Now, if you haven't listened to the first episode podcast, I would recommend you went back and listen to that. Gets you caught up, helps my viewing figures let's not let's not be coy about it okay so episode two focuses very much upon sectarianism something that's overlooked in the titanic story really and it starts with Harland and wolf there's people being held back we see the irish an irish fella uh jim maloney he's a catholic he's the irish fella with his family and his wife in the part one and we see him He's one of the electricians. I think he's like one of the head electricians. He's putting all the wiring in. Lord Peary's getting shown around the boat by Thomas Andrews. And Lord Peary's saying, Why isn't this finished? It should be sorted. Uh, but it's taking so long because they're building it in sections. So if one bit goes, it doesn't affect the rest. And he Andrew says to when when Peary goes, Andrews says to Jim Maloney, What can I do to help you sort it out? He says, Well. I'm I'm Catholic but I'm a qualified engineer, but I'm up a ladder changing the light bulb. He said there's no... F- um and they're saying look we need to they start talking about hot the home rule bill and he says, Well I've no faith in the home rule bill, even if it gets to the commons, the lords will tear it to shreds. They're talking about um they're talking about the lifeboats. Uh no no they're wrong with this. So the Irish fella and Andrews are talking and the Irish fella's like, Let me have my own men, let me Andrew says, I'm not bothered whether the Catholics should get, get them in, get this ship sorted. Because basically the it seems like they've chosen people because the Protestants are rather... Uh, I th- oh, see, this is the thing. I, I know a little bit of the history. I don't know an awful lot. I don't want to get it wrong because there's nothing worse than listening to somebody ramble on when they're trying to make it they or something when they know Jack. So from what I can figure out from just watching the series... He, he employs who he wants. He gets it sorted. And the upshot is, Andrew says, get it sorted and I can get you and your wife a new life. We'll get you a steerage. And he's like, steerage? Because he's not third class. He's probably got a bit more money. But they agree it. And he's like, which is great. Then, it's, it's not then we'll talk about home road, Sorry. I think it's Lord Manton and... um, Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Andrews um, is saying to Ismay and Lord Piri, you know, we're seen to be cutting corners. And they're like, you need to remember where you are. This is another example of where characters speak out of turn. And you think, would they really have said that? Would Andrews really have gone up to the head of the managing director of uh, the International Mercantile Marine, which was um, above, like, he worked for Harland and Wolf, they, should, they built it. White Star Line was part of the uh, IMM. Do you know you think? Would you really do that? Uh, I don't know. I doubt it. He says the compartments don't, don't go all the way up to the deck. Uh, we're using iron rivets, not steel. We're, well, we're using iron at the bow and the stern. Now, he, ma- he made that sound like it was a cost exercise, but I'm sure from, from what I've read and what I've seen, I thought it was due to the fact that they had this state of the art riveting machine, but it couldn't do anywhere that curved. So it couldn't do the stern, it couldn't do the bow. The irony being that the, the iceberg hit towards the bow and scraped along. Now, and there's, oh yeah, this is a bit about the free passage. So he gets his father, uh, the Irish fella gets his sons and his daughters together. Then we see the crew preparing. Mr Blair, the original second officer, he gets sent off the ship because Officer Wilde, Chief Officer Wilde, who served with Smith on the Olympic, comes aboard. Officer Murdoch's talking about terrorism and saying the ship's an obvious... Well, they don't say terrorism, obviously, but the ship's an obvious target, um, and Smith's like, oh, a bomb wouldn't be big enough to sink us. Um, Then again, we need to be vigilant. Man might sink us, even if nature cannot. So, again, shows the arrogance of the time that they thought they'd paved the way over nature that there's no risk anymore the Irish fella says you know there's no career for a Catholic in Belfast it goes to Southampton April the 9th 1912 Mr Wilder becomes first chief officer uh, the captain can't countermand a company, off, uh, company order so Blair gets sent it switches to Wednesday 10th of April the Irishman's son's given a oh get like disappears and the wife's looking for him and um it gets given back by this foreign passenger um do we see him and we we don't know who he is we see jenna coleman's maid um she's annie desmond she's the cabin stewardess of second class and she serves the servants of first class and for, yeah she bumps in her light holder. of course there's no other <laughs> there's no other crew on the ship. Again. And she asks him, "Oh, will the, will the ship be full?" And he says, "Well, first will be full, but some spaces in second and third are." Well, that wasn't true. None of, none of the ship's classes were, were were full. So, an awful error there. I mean, if you're watching it and you just for entertainment, it's not going to bother you. But something as simple as that—it wasn't full. It was known not to be. It was like half full the whole ship. So, why why say that it was full? What does that achieve? And they never show. Sure First class w- was quite small, like the sets were quite small. I know it's a TV series, but it cost 11 million. So I wasn't expecting James Cameron's Titanic here, but it never shows that many people. Oh, I don't know. It's we see two Italian brothers, they bump into her, and um, they're talking about um, what I can't read my writing again. God knows. Oh, yeah, the, the Irish fella, he he gets them a cabin together because they, they had like two separate cabins, like one for him and his lad and one for the women and the girls. And they, they get that side. Ismay says, Oh, we've got a good many Italians on the ship. They're politically unstable and they're an excitable breed. He tells Lightoller, which it, again, very, very odd because it was Ismay who employed them to have the, um, a la carte restaurant. Now, because it had, it had they'd been so successful on the Olympic, you, do, you don't open a success, and people paid for that one as well. So, as far as I understand it, so you it would be like setting up you know, you set up a ship and one part of it does really well, and you think, right, we want we want these fellas in again, but then why would you whinge about loads of, like Italians being on there? You you put them on there, <laughs> it, it it I don't know. I mean, yeah, we know we know historically that there was prejudice towards. Um, Italians towards foreigners because you can read it in in the inquiries, the, the American inquiry and the English inquiry where even the crew say things, you know, they they um what's the word? They compare foreigners to cowards and this, that and the other. And whereas the English and are oh very brave and all, all this all that crap. Do you know what I mean? So it it was there in real life but you did you didn't need to make up his meme banging on about the Italians, he, he was the one who put them on there, so it, it doesn't make any sense. It's frustrating. I, I get what they were trying to do, but do it with some historical fiction. The Titanic story, if you know a if you know even a, a bit about it, if you read a book or if you watch a documentary, there was so much drama on that ship and so many stories to be told. Why you, you shouldn't have to make something up to right? It's becoming a rant, right? Move on. The Italian waiter, um, is it Paolo, the younger one? Mario's the older brother, Paolo's the little brother. It, I think it takes till episode three to get the names. This is what I mean about this non-linear storytelling. It sounds like I'm ripping this short bit. I did enjoy it. Maybe because it was about Titanic. I don't, I don't know if, if it had been about another ship, whether, whether I'd have watched it again. I don't know. It's taken me almost 10 years to watch it again. So, I mean, that's got to say something, hasn't it? We see... Peter Lubov, that's the the foreign fella who gave her, uh, uh well, got her a sum back, and he says he says to the Irish fella's wife Mary, um, Europe was wrong for me. I'm off to the new world, and you're thinking mm, this, there's something about this fella that we don't know what it is, but there's something about him, and you know she she's she goes a bit googly eyed for him, you know he's he's not a bad looking chap. And I was thinking, uh, so the Irish fellow has a drink with him, and Mary won't look at him. And I was, he, he, the husband's like, "What's the matter? It's not like you." We see Barnes and who realizes? Oh, Annie realizes that he's got a soft spot for Mrs... Oh, I want to say Watson, but I might be wrong. The 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 that he's the. Oh, God, get your words out. Yeah, they work together. And have a look. Let's have a look, have a look, let's have a look. Uh, Sunday the t- uh, 14th of April, we see um, the mixed church service, this first, second, third, crew and servants. And Peter Lubov is curious. He goes and he sits next to the Irish fellow's wife, who's gone as well, and whispers something to her, and she moves the seat away, but then um, we don't see any more of that. Um, Batley. You say, are we okay? We're only second class. And his wife's like, only. I'm not only anything. We see Lord Manton, uh, who says, I, I don't guess God cares one bit. Uh, Jesus cares one bit, he says to his wife. And Batley says, uh, he says to Batley, I'll come in search of you at 4pm. Then we see, what is their name? Miss Watson. It is Miss Watson. She gets taken down to third class. And they ask for a locksmith. She's got this little chest thing this little chest, um, Lightoller again says oh, that because he's the only officer on the ship. <laughs> he helps her go down there and he says, it's only when they try to go the other way that it matters to one of the crew. Batley, uh, Batley's wife's like, oh, you grovel at them. And Batley says, well, I've worked, I've worked for him with discretion. That's why he's invited me to this dinner. And. Lady. I don't, uh, yeah. Um, she says, oh, there's some lady out there who doesn't know she's the bastard child of Lord Manton. And he's like, what, well, you read my papers? And she's like, his legal papers. She's like, of course I did. What else do you think I'm going to do? Stuck in the house all day, all, you know, all day. And she says, does he visit her? And Batley says, no, he thinks it might confuse her. And then this is where you start to see, like I said, the Batleys are the best thing in it. Should have just done it on them for four episodes. And John says, I wish I um John says, I wish I could have given you a child. What can I do to make you happy? And you see that she, I mean, she probably is, um, she got like severe depression, his wife. And she says, I don't think it was your fault. And she turns it on herself. And you can see where that, this awful melancholy and sorrow and then bitterness and the angers come on top of it that she couldn't fulfil what she sees as her duty to have a child. And, you know, she describes uh, Lady Manton as the brains of a kipper and the charisma of an egg. There's some decent writing in here. You can see she feels lost, like her life's meaningless. And she says, you know, my life doesn't have value. And Batley says, what are you talking about? Your life has value to me. We see Miss Watson and with Barnes, and the crew, I think it's Lightoller again. It is, yeah, Lightoller again. <laughs> yeah, he's the only. There must be like eight hundred copies of Lightoller rather than a different crew. And there's a. We see Miss Watson and Barnes in a corridor, and Barnes says, "Oh, she's just about seasickness because she looks quite upset." And I'm thinking, why did she go a third? The Irish guy's wife is stood on the boat deck. Um. Is uh, Smith is talking to Ismay about... This is another thing I didn't understand. There's historical accounts from a lady in first class who said she heard Ismay putting pressure on Smith to speed up. But as as far as I understand it, there's no evidence showing it happened the other way on. Now, this shows Smith trying to speed up and saying, "We'll light all the last spoilers, well, they didn't. As far as I'm aware, I don't think they'll let all the boilers. Even till the end. Now, Ismay says to him, Oh, we never race with a white style arm, we offer stability, reliability. And Smith says, Oh, if we push it, we can get there half a day early. It's a calm sea. I think we can make up make up some time. Well, this is another thing that, that this idea that they'd race, they weren't the, the Olympic class liners weren't built for that. They weren't the Mauritania, they weren't the Lusitania. They weren't going for the blue ribbon, they were never going to get it. They were bigger, they were heavier, the they were an older design. They, they, they weren't built for that. It it that wasn't the point of them. Now, which is why they went so big the white styling went so big and so luxurious with them, because they knew they couldn't compete for speed. So why bother? You know. And the whole half a day early thing, half a day early, maybe, but you know, you've got to remember people had trains, cars. Booked, um, all dependent on when they arrived. If you got there too early, it would put it wouldn't make people happy. You got there early, it would annoy the hell out of them. Can you? It's like it's like a, a pilot going. Oh, I will tell you what, we'll we'll rev the engines up and get there three hours early. And you think, well, yeah, but then there's going to be people waiting three or four hours for the plane. Although nowadays it, you'd have to go to security and whatnot, but you know, very strange choice. Murdoch says, "Oh, we have had some ice warnings, sir." Smith goes to bed. Um, Lightoller, he's saying has anyone seen the binoculars for the lookouts where did Davy David Blair put them now if they wanted to give the lookouts binoculars they could have done all the officers had them or at least the, the main officers had them and they, they did tests in a documentary I watched that said even if they had binoculars it probably wouldn't have helped because there's no reference so you're just staring through binoculars at darkness anyway The captain sees Batley on deck and he asks him, how was your tea party? And he says, enjoyable, but it's hard for Mrs. Batley to have a good time. And he says, oh, forgive me. And he's he's so polite and proper. And the captain says, don't worry about it. And off he pops. And John kind of goes to sob for a moment. And then the iceberg goes past. Water starts coming in where Mario is. And he stood there, the one of the stalkers. He doesn't know what to do. We see Andrews and Smith saying, "We must find out how many compartments are flooded." There's five compartments, and um, Andrew says, "We have two hours, two and a half hours." Uh, Smith says, "She can't sink." Andrew says, "She can't float." Not for much longer. Lightoller's walking, um, even though he was not asleep, but never mind. Um, they say the Carpathia atheist four hours away, and Smith says, What about that ship on the horizon? What are they doing? The captain now th- to be fair to this film, it shows the captain as I mean, he almost goes catatonic. He, he 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 can't cope with the situation, he makes no orders, everything that happens suggest is suggested to him. Lightall says, I must start. Um I won't f- fill them in case they split. And then Smith's not listening, and he, he says, I need an answer, sir, and he doesn't answer, and he says, right, I'll take that as, as a yes to start filling the boat now. And then as soon as he's gone, Smith turned around and says, we filled those boats to capacity in Belfast. They were tested with the weight of 70 men. Now, another, well, obviously, it's imagined because there was only Wilder and Officer Wild, sorry, and Captain Smith there on the bridge at that point. Now, they both died, so who knows? But then again, a strange choice. It was a bit simplistic at times, like it was trying to spoon feed you a little bit. You don't need to. The people aren't daft. If people want to watch something and think, oh, what's that about? they will go and have a read about it. If they want. Or watch a documentary or... Anyway. Google it. You know. And then we see the scene again where... Lady Manton is berated by Batley's wife, Muriel. And he's like, you foolish, foolish one. He pushes her away and he says, I won't have a job to come home to now. They see the lock of the stewards, passengers down there. And the stewards say, we've got orders. They attack the stewards. And it, uh, confusion. It is the first film to show how, well, I'll give it this praise. I think it's the best titanic drama that i've seen that showed how chaotic i can i can confuse the picture was for the crew uh, the crew don't have a clue what's going on they're, they're all giving people different messages they they think oh we'll load from the a deck wings and it, it's straight light holy gives dorothy gibson brandy says take that murdoch um help the women oh there's a yeah this is another bit another this is what i mean about adding things This is going to be a long episode. They were supposed to be short, these ones, you know. (laughs) Murdoch says to one of the crew members, help the women at the boat forget the class because this officer's like, no, it's only first-class women in this boat. That never happened. And if it did happen, there's no historical account for it. It it never happened. As far as we know, no woman was ever stopped getting onto a boat because of her class. That was ridiculous. It Emphasize the differences there were. Don't make up some martyr of shot in. You don't need to. That's the whole point of the Titanic. Whether you look at sectarianism or you look at the class system purely on its own, or you look at the differences between the English, the Americans, the Irish, the Italians, the uh, you know the Fred. Only oh, look at all these different things. I'm say the French. I don't think there's any French in this. Oh no, there is. Madame Aubert. There you go. Now, you know, look at those differences. Don't add your own. I know I've said that about five times. I apologize, but it's just frustrating. Batley, uh, they're about to get on a, they're about to get into a boat. He's about to put his wife into a boat, and they get knocked back by steerage passengers and women and children coming up. And he says to her, stay with me. Lightoller um, helps all those he can. Manton picks up, helps pick up uh, Muriel, and Batley's like, "Go, just go, like, leave us be." We see the older Italian brother run past Batley, Mario. No, not the older brother. Sorry, the the younger brother, Paolo. And Manton shouts at Lightola and says, let let these ladies through, let these ladies through. We see... um, So Muriel sits down and says, I'm sorry. She sits down and strokes a dog that appears because um, John Jacob Astor has released them, which is true. He, he went, I think they were held in the fourth funnel or near the fourth funnel that was a dummy. And he opened the canals and let the dogs out. Cause I think two dogs survived the sinking. I always find that very, very strange that dogs survived the sinking and people didn't. <sighs> yeah. That's tragedy really. So, She says, no, John, I was nice when you married me. And I didn't give you what you wanted. That nice girl you married went because of me. You could have. And she jokes. He says, I wish I could have. No, I didn't give you what you wanted. And she laughs and says "You could have spared me Croydon. Poor Croydon. And this, she says, let's put all our regrets behind us and die together. And he says, the only exciting thing I've ever done was was marry you. If we go down, we go down fighting. They rush to a collapsible that all, and Jack Thayer and John Jacob Astor, Harry Widener, they're all there trying to fight to overturn it. And the water rushes in as as the, the bow goes and Batley grabs hold of it over the lifeboat and says, I love you, and it cuts to black. Now, this episode, although I've, ber- I've berated the factual inaccuracies of- inaccuracies of it, every scene with the Batleys in it so that those are the best scenes in it the actor and the actress are, are brilliant i love that the ending gave me chills it gave me chills the first time i watched it it still gives me chills when i watched it again i would have loved it it's worth watching the series is worth watching for them them alone and you know episode two it was a very emotional episode like i said with stand performances from uh, maria doyle kennedy and toby jones spot on beautiful performances it's worth watching this series just for them so that's my titanic um episode 2 of 4 review if you'd uh, if you've enjoyed listening to this i thank you very much for sticking with it you can review this podcast on podchaser.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, just search Review it Yourself Podcast. You can also um, add on Twitter, it's at yourselfreview. If you could, um, you know, listen to this or download it, it'd be really, really appreciated. We've just hit over, a, I think we're on about 109 views a total players, which I'm really, really happy about. So thank you very much to people for listening please let me know please contact me through any of these sites that I've that I've given and let me know what you'd like me to review like i said before in a previous podcast if you're listening to, from another country i'd love a recommendation of a foreign film maybe you think it's the best film your country's ever done i'd love i'd love to expand my horizons a little bit in that in that direction so Like I said, thank you for listening and have a good day.